Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Joining us on the Great Midwest Bank Hotline from YouTube Nation, it is David Land. Welcome again. Welcome to the show, David. Uh, I love coming on, Steve. Can't wait to talk some motorsports. Oh, it's always a good time when you're on. We certainly appreciate you taking time out of your busy schedule. And uh, I saw a little bit what you were talking about. Um, we were chatting uh, messaging last night, and I, I thought you had some pretty good points regarding Kansas. And, and also previously, though, you were talking about, I want to kind of turn back the clock a little bit. You're in uh, and uh, Jeff and I briefly talked about it too in the previous segment, and I'm going to try and say previously one more time. Um, the uh, the tapered spacers and whatnot with the 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 new package. And I thought you brought up an in- interesting point. You said, you know, NASCAR this could be the last gimmick NASCAR has. And is this a situation for some of the fans where they're just like, okay, now what are we going to try? Is 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 that the situation we're at with NASCAR? Yeah, and that's what it seems like to me. I'm not really sure where you could even go from here. I mean, essentially, you now have quarters like, uh, you know, pretty much any other sport like hockey or football or something like that with the stages. You have, uh, you know, the playoffs, which so, you know, when, when you, you try all of these things and now you get to the point where you say, what are our most popular races? What are the races that give us the highest TV ratings? they see that that generally those races are restrictor plate races where you have 30, 40 car packs for the majority of the race. NASCAR thinks in their infinite wisdom that uh, every race should be like that. And um, this is where we are. So I, I, yeah, I don't see, and this is the thing is that there's been a pretty sizable fan backlash, at least from what I've been able to tell, I would say it's probably in my estimation, just put like 75, 25 negative to positive in terms of the reaction. So I don't, yeah, I, I don't see this going very well. Yeah, it's, it is kind of frustrating, especially when uh, we had Dennis Michelson on uh, last week and, and and I've been on kind of his side where, you know, it, maybe get, let's get rid of the splitters. I've, I was on uh, YouTube, ironically, uh, the uh, <laughs> last week, and I was watching a race, I think it was from Charlotte, I want to say in the mid mid eighties and that, and you can see underneath the cars and you know, there's not a, you know, the front balance that didn't go all the way dragging pretty much on the asphalt. And you could see cars running three, three wide and then the cars could move around and there was no, none of that, what well, that dreaded word that we hear arrow push uh, mentioned at, at all. And the other thing that was, was kind of interesting was there was no, talk of penalties on pit road there was no talk about laws here there that it was you know what they were just talking about the racing and the personalities and then the drivers and uh i you know i I, sometimes i I don't want to i don't want to end up like one of these guys oh you need to turn back the clocks this and that but you know somewhat maybe just sticking to basics and like i said they get the core nascar fan back i think that would put them uh far ahead 
Well, you saw what IndyCar did. Uh, I, I hate to make this comparison because I get criticized for it all the time, but you look what they what IndyCar did this year by essentially turning back the clock on their car design. Mm-hmm. You know, it had gotten to the point where they were looking more like prototype sports cars and uh, performing like them in a lot of ways, and, and the racing wasn't that great. So they, you know, changed some things. They made the cars more appealing to the fans, more this particular season of IndyCar racing was one of the best that, you know, been in a very long time. So I, I think that's going to be, I would hope that's where the direction NASCAR will start to point the ship. I know uh, uh, Steve O'Donnell has, has been on the record before that says uh, it, it seems like whatever the next generation of NASCAR cars are going to be, they would incorporate a valence. Uh, but this current rule change, I think I said this as well, doesn't instill me with a whole lot of confidence on a go in terms of the racing product rather than maybe something closer to what I think what really NASCAR fans are after. Mm-hmm. And, and the, well, at least everything that's wrong about Kansas yesterday or uh, last week, we, we, it, we, we don't have to worry about it this week with Martinsville at the old, you know, it's been around since 1947 it's just a half mile, and you know what? It's just about, you know, no arrow push. It's just about, you know, picking your lane, getting in the lane, and, and, and beating on the guy in front of you and trying to make a pass, isn't it? Well, the only push in Martinsville is when uh, somebody gets a little upset behind another guy and pushes <laughs> them out of the way. And a lot of ways, that's, uh, that's kind of the bread and butter of NASCAR, is it not? Mm-hmm. <laughs> that, that's why people love Martinsville, because it it, it, it is kind of, it's it's weird to call the short track a great equalizer these days, but it almost is in the current era of, you know, the aerodynamics being such a heavy part in success or failure in NASCAR. You can get a surprise winner on a on a short track in NASCAR versus maybe a one and a half miler where you've got four or five six guys who have a realistic shot of getting it. Yeah, speaking of surprises, uh, the second practice that they had, uh, of course, it was Ryan Newman that was quick and Chase Elliott. No surprise there. Kyle Busch has been running strong. Brad Keselowski, of course, you can never count him out. But fifth was A.J. Allmendinger, and uh, it's certainly uh, nice seeing him running as well as he has, especially since he's going to be out of the 47 next year. Well, yeah, I mean, again, a contract year, you always see those drivers kind of start uh, raising the level of performance. But I'll tell you what, A.J. Allmendinger has always been very good at Martinsville. Mm-hmm. And in a lot of respects, that's because Martinsville – the corners are very tight. Where what other circuits are the corners very tight? Road course, road courses. That's you know kind of that's where AJ Allmendinger really honed his craft, and that's where he excels. So you know it doesn't surprise me all that much to see him running well at Martinsville. Uh, he almost had a win, I think, in 2014. There, he just got beat by Jeff Gordon. So uh, you know, I, I I would not be surprised to see AJ Allmendinger running up front. But I'll tell you what, Chase Elliott, uh, I really do believe. You mentioned him earlier. I really do think, you know, it really is starting to seem like he may be a championship contender all of a sudden, uh, despite all kind of the detractors really hampering down on him early in the season. It seems like he's really found it. Once he broke through that first win, suddenly he's almost the Chase Elliott that everybody kind of expected him to be from the start coming into the Cup Series. Well, this could be a situation where, you know, I, I've been waiting for something bad to happen in these playoffs for the last couple of years where 
you know, it's looking like it's going to be a real, you know, ding dong fight, but then something screws it up by winning a race or there's somebody has a, you know, tire go down on the last lap or second. But I mean, it looks like the fans would want the big three and Chase Elliott to battle for it at Homestead. It'll be interesting to see if that's what we end up with. I agree. Uh, but I'll tell you what, Stuart Haas Racing looks very, very strong. And in the conventional big three, there's only one driver that we kind of consider that from Stuart Haas Racing, which is Kevin Harvick. But you look at Eric Almirola, he has been strong, not just at the play tracks, despite him having that win at Talladega. He's been up there. Uh, you know, Clint Boyer, certainly very strong. Uh, Kurt Busch, he doesn't really know what he's doing next year, at least for now. So he's a, another driver very, very hungry. And they have proven now, especially after that dominance we saw at Talladega, that they are uh, a very, very All right, you're racing kind of spoil that party. All right, very good. David, we're going to take a quick break here, and we'll talk more with a, YouTube's a David Land in just a moment here on the Final Inspection Show, brought to you by David Hobbs Honda and Great Lakes Dragway. Welcome back to the final inspection show brought to you by legendary Great Lakes Dragway in Union Grove, along with David Hobbs Honda joining us on the Great Midwest Bank Hotline. It is David Land, YouTube uh, contributor, and uh, you can follow him on Twitter at dland91. And uh, on uh, YouTube, you're David Land, correct? Just D, uh, David and L E N D, correct, David? Yep, nine letters, very easy to remember. Oh, you're so lucky you don't have like a name like Orlowski or Zotki. <laughs> sometimes, <laughs> sometimes in this case, simpler is a lot better. So, uh, and what's the latest on your on your YouTube channel? Well, we just recently uh, put up this week in racing, which uh, I just actually started a couple months ago. A new show where it's almost like uh, I don't want to necessarily say this, but it's kind of like the old Speed Report, where I you know take topics and I kind of discuss them in a in a news commentary style. Um, and obviously, kind of the big story this weekend was uh, or this week was the fact that uh, Robert Wickens uh, confirmed that uh, he was paralyzed. Uh, a very sad situation. Uh, one that I think most of us who kind of were able to read between the lines could figure out, but at the same time, it doesn't make it sting any less. Right. Well, and it's interesting that is, there's been kind of this, well, yeah, I, I, I kind of am, I'm not, I kind of, and, and what he's trying, basically he's trying to say is that it's still a work in progress though. And, yes. and I think the, the the one thing that's going against him right now is is the time because I kind of used uh, very in a way know, everything is different but I kind of said that his injury would be it was I was hoping it was a bit like the Ryan Shazier injury the the Pittsburgh Steeler where he had an injury to to his spinal spinal cord now they weren't saying what exactly what the injury to the spinal cord was. And uh, Ryan Shazier has been able to regain uh, after be basically being paralyzed from the waist down, 
uh, feeling in his legs and has been able to walk. Now, granted, it, it you know he's never going to play football again, but he's able to walk and and ambulate and whatnot. And he's he's got a you know things are looking certainly good for him. And the thing with Wickens is that he does have some feeling in his legs, and he's able to do you know the the legs are it's not a the classic I can't feel anything in my leg situation. So Voluntary he's holding movement right, and he's holding off hope that someday you know basically you know something you know somewhat whether it's with bracing or whatnot, that someday he might be able to walk, but that remains to be seen. But I, I guess the big thing that's going against him, in my opinion, my very, you know, lay opinion is that, you know, the, the, the time between his, his injuries now and where he's at is, is getting kind of long in the day. Well, since the uh, since even I did the video, he's put out another statement. And and first, I really want to say that I, you know we don't deserve any of this information. Oh, exactly. It's all very personal stuff. Mm-hmm. And it's amazing to me. I mean, it shows his incredible character that he realizes that we we genuinely are concerned. It's not like some kind of a a, a, a fascination with the injury. It's that you know this is a human being. This is a guy who endeared himself to us very quickly as racing fans because of his tenacity behind the steering wheel. He's clearly tenacious uh, in this recovery process. Um, But uh, he he did say that that he has been paralyzed since the moment he hit the fence at uh, Pocono in August. But uh, the, the voluntary movement, the feeling in the legs, point to a more positive direction going forward though he did actually even give us a time frame which was i think 24 months so it's going to be a long recovery process Uh, i think most everybody is just at this point hoping that he has a great quality of life going forward um you know we're not even thinking at this moment any kind of a comeback uh zanardi style or whatever at this point um but i i you know this is another thing that i thought is that i don't think he has a better so he, he couldn't have a better support system with James Hinchcliffe, who was badly, badly injured uh, in 15 at Indianapolis, and then Sam Schmidt, who he himself is a paraplegic, uh, quadriplegic actually. Uh, he, can't, he can't feel anything from the from the neck down. So there's uh, there's an incredible support system there for him, and it's apparent that those people that are in his life are helping him. Uh, move forward and, and really uh, accelerate that recovery process as best they can. You know, there's been a lot of debates in, in the sports world about whether, you know, athletes are, are athletes and that. And I've never been one of these people that, oh, you got to, they all say have to be athletes because, you know, to counter that, I always, you know, point to uh, Jimmy Spencer or, or somebody uh, like a like a seventy five year old you know driver running in the Cup Series and that and that kind of you know you can kind of squash anything like that. However, when it comes to any type of injuries, horrific injuries that we unfortunately have seen, uh, especially in my my uh, you know following auto racing and that, one thing that that does equalize them with athletes of a of a world championship caliber is how they can overcome these things. Uh, dating back to, you know, Jim Herdebees, who was horribly burned at Milwaukee in 1964, 
and we've seen uh, all the horrific leg injuries that a lot of IndyCar drivers have endured and uh, even some injuries that NASCAR drivers have endured and even somebody like uh, Eric Amarola who had uh, a very severe injury a few years ago you know these are guys that a are able to injury. yeah these are guys that have been able to bounce back and have it seems like yeah they they can they you know they are better than us in certain ways and and being able to recover from uh, injuries is one of the the things they can do and so if anybody that you know can can do it it certainly would be robert wickens well aj foyd is a great example there you go uh, yeah that's a, that's, right. that's a local example to you guys he he nearly lost his legs at road america and you know what was it eight months later he was on the front row at the indy 500 mm-hmm. so <laughs> and and not awesome. only that but i mean other injuries he's endured he broke his back he was actually declared dead after a crash at riverside 1965 severely broke his arm in a huge accident at Michigan in 1981. Uh, even at Milwaukee, he was injured a couple of times. Uh, he got burned in 1966 in a Lotus. And then later in 1970, I believe it was, had a big time concussion and chest injury when he hit Bader and Al's car uh, at about 100 miles an hour in the front straightaway. And so, I mean, yeah, what these guys are able to overcome, it, it is quite amazing. And, and we certainly wish the best to uh, Robert Wickens and and his ability to hopefully overcome this. Uh, one thing I wanted to mention with you, David, is when you t- go to your YouTube channel, you do a lot with uh, video games and whatnot, and you really made my day. I, I wanted to mention this to you uh, last time you were on, but I didn't get a chance to. Uh, you do some stuff with uh, Indy 500 Revolution. And yeah. uh, I, I, I want to just let you, I don't know if I told you this or that, but I did have a small part in developing that game. <laughs> really? Yes. Now, now I'm fascinated. Please. Yeah. Uh, I was when I was working at the Milwaukee Mile. I was approached uh, by those those guys. They're out of Minnesota at the time. I don't know even if they're even around anymore, or if they were bought out by another company. But uh, they were working on Milwaukee, and they were helping. They needed some help. Uh, they needed photos and whatnot and some research because they were trying to make the Milwaukee Mile how it looked in the 60s. And I was talking to the guy and they were talking about, you know, the licensing issues they've been having. They were, uh, they wanted to make Phoenix and they were, ISC kind of scared them off. And uh, they were, uh, I said, well, why don't you just call it like Arizona Speedway? And they were going to do that, but then the lawyers were kind of like, I said, well, I said, you know, there's other tracks out there you can do. And it's he said, oh, yeah, like Langhorn? I said, well, there's Langhorn, but you ever hear of Hanford Speedway? He's like, what, Hanford? And so I told him about Hanford Speedway that was uh, out in the valley uh, in Southern California, out towards Fresno. Uh, told him about that, and I said, you know, Milwaukee had a road course, or actually still has a road course. And uh, he goes, really? I said, yeah, you could uh, do – because if you're, if you're going to do all the setup for Milwaukee – you know, it's not hard just putting a road course in there. So that's where the uh, Honey Creek Speedway came from. <laughs> so, wow. Yeah, it was a lot of fun and helping them. And they would, you know, as they were developing the game, they were sending me screen, screenshots and I would say, okay, do this, try to do this. And of course, not everything made it in. And there's a couple of things I didn't really like on it. But, you know, when, when, when you have a project like that, you know, it's it's not like there's one guy working on it. You got a team of people. And then all the code building that goes into that is just absolutely incredible. So, uh, but yeah, it was a lot of fun. I, it, it, 
it's it's a little hokey. It probably if they if they would if if the game would have came out probably three years later, it would have been a lot better. But um, you know, for what it you know, considering how old the game is, and I, I really appreciate that you're kind of giving it some justice and uh, and explain to the viewers if they haven't seen it what what you do with that game. So there's a uh, the the kind of the main part of this game. I guess I should explain what the game is first of all. I guess we should. Yeah, yes. Yeah. It, yeah. It, it, oh, go ahead. Oh no, go ahead, Steve. You you oh. worked on the game for God's sake. You go. It's called IndyCar Revolution, and it, it covers uh, the Indy cars from 1961 through 1970 or 71. I think. 71. Yeah, and it, and you you basically can pick. A driver, which a lot of them are real drivers, um, and just uh, you can be that if you want to be uh, Bobby Unzer in 1968, you can. If you want to be somebody obscure like Eddie Johnson in 1961, you can. And uh, it, it's it's pretty neat. And believe it or not, a lot of the cars uh, handle uh, differently. You know, when you're in one Roadster, uh, it handles differently. A Watson and it's weird because, and you mentioned this in your in your '64 race. It seems like the better the car is, it's not necessarily faster, but it's, it's a hell of a lot harder harder to drive. It's funny is that you picked the car that I I actually kind of like too. This is that Hellebrand Shrike, and I actually like the Huffaker, uh, the Walt Hankskin uh, Huffaker in that race. So, but <laughs> you can kind of expand from there if you want. Okay, well, I, I should clarify uh, that the actual game name is Indy 500 Evolution. Oh, so Evolution, not Revolution. Evolution. See, yeah, yeah. Please, yeah. thank you. It's so been if, a while. Yeah, no problem. I, just in case anybody wants to go to eBay or Amazon or whatever and check it out, and I would suggest checking it out. But the real kind of main part of the game is the career mode, which you start in 1961. Uh, you get a, I can't, I think it's a. Uh, given a, a chassis i can't remember exactly it's, i think it's an epperly uh roadster chassis you get an offenhauser engine but from there you play through each season of the national championship all the way up to 1971 like you said not all the tracks are there uh phoenix is the glaring omission i think but the fact that you can drive at hanford i think it's the literally the only game and that includes mods for uh, like nascar racing 2003 that you can race at hanford so thank you, Steve, for letting them know that that track existed. But, um, yeah, you just build your team throughout um, kind of the, the big, I guess, in a video game term, like the boss battle are the Indy 500s, which are you can run the full 500 miles, 33 cars. And, again, you get to choose your chassis and engine. I think at one point I put an Offenhauser in the back of a Lotus chassis, and a lot of the uh, old-timers got very upset with me for that one. Uh, yeah, it was. Uh, it, it's, it's a lot of fun, and, and it gives you enough creativity to really kind of put your own personal spin on it. Uh, but at the same time, it's really neat the amount of detail in the game. The only driver I can see that they really had licensing issues with was uh, Jackie Stewart, yep. for whatever reason. Jackie Stewart is John Stewart in the game or John Smith or something like that. But I mean, there's like Elmer George, which is like Tony George's dad in the game. You, you have uh, just it, the most obscure random drivers all, you know, from the front to the back of the grid. And if you're at all interested in the history of IndyCar racing and especially the, the history of the Indy 500, because it's very clear that they put the most dev time into the, 
the Indianapolis races. Uh, it, it's just a wonderful, wonderful day. It's fantastic. And then uh, it's it is a lot of fun. And then uh, real quickly here, uh, actually, I should mention we're talking to David Land, YouTube contributor on the Great Midwest Big Hotline. Uh, and then real quickly, the uh, the NASCAR game you've been reviewing the is that the new NASCAR game? It looks like. Uh, yeah, NASCAR Heat Three. You're talking about the one with the dirt, right? No, I was, uh, the one you were doing Talladega, I saw. I saw you were doing oh, yeah. Talladega. Well, that's, that's NASCAR Heat 3, but it also contains dirt modifieds for, okay. for some reason, <laughs> which is a lot of fun. But, yeah, uh, it's the NASCAR Heat 3 is the third game in the, uh, I guess, the revitalization of the NASCAR Heat franchise. I would definitely say it's the best one, though I don't think it's quite at the level of what maybe if you played NASCAR games in the late 90s, early 2000s, mm-hmm. it's not quite there anymore. There's, it's pretty clear that they don't have the budget to really do a lot of the things that I think a lot of the fans would like them to do, especially graphics-wise. They're probably you know five to seven years behind the times in terms of graphics when you look at other uh, contemporary racing games like Project Cars or even – Maybe the direct comparison is F1 2018. It's just a complete uh, difference between the quality of the visuals. But it, there is some core gameplay there that's a lot of fun. And, uh, and, you know, if you have a NASCAR fan, a little NASCAR fan, or you yourself are a NASCAR fan who likes gaming, uh, I think it's like 50 bucks. I mean, you, you can't go wrong, really, if, especially if you're really heavily into NASCAR. It's got a deep career mode, kind of like Indy 500 Evolution, where you build your team up, you build your cars and stuff. Um, yeah, it's, it's a fairly interesting game. Have you tried the new F1 game yet? Oh, yeah. Oh, it, that's excellent. Uh, F1 mm-hmm. 2018 is just really, really great. And what's cool about the, the F1 game is that it will – it will soften your feelings on the halo. If you ha- if you hate the halo, you go into the cockpit mode uh, or cockpit camera and you drive the car and you realize, oh, I can see just fine. <laughs> okay. <laughs> it's, it's, you know, it's, it's something that's very interesting and something that I kind of notice is like, oh, I don't even notice it anymore. But that's an excellent game. Does I mean, Hamilton win every race in that game as well? Virtually, it's uh, it's it's. I mean, it's 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 accurate down to a T. Though when you beat Hamilton, you really have a sense of accomplishment because you're like, man, I outstrategized them or I outraced them. That's that's a little tougher to do. So you're telling us on the air in front of millions and billions of people that you've sprayed yourself with champagne after you beat Hamilton in the F1 video game. I can't confirm or deny those reports. <laughs> I'm, sorry. I'm gonna have to plead the fifth on this one. Nice. Nice. All right, David. Uh, one more thing before we go. We need your prediction, and we'll let the listeners know we have not warned him on this. He's doing this on the fly. What is? Who's your prediction for the winner for tomorrow's uh, race at Martinsville? Oh, that is a tough one. That is a really tough one. You know what? I I feel like Brad Pulowski now has nothing to lose. I feel like I feel, I'm feeling Brad. Okay. I'm feeling Brad. That's what I'm. That's what I'm going to go with. That's a good pick. Yeah. Yeah. Good choice. Yeah. All right. Very good, David. We certainly appreciate you coming on the show, and look forward to chatting with you before the end of the year. Absolutely. Love to come on. All right. Thank you. That's David Land. You can follow him on uh, Twitter at dland91, and also on uh, YouTube. Uh, excellent YouTube channel at David Land L A N D. Make sure you look him up and subscribe to his channel. Okay. Picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. 
I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.